it's time for another Game Club episode. This time, Tony joins Octal FM again, and the three of us discuss our impressions from playing indie Metroidvania Hollow Knight. Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Gelada. And I'm Severin. And we're rejoined by one of our regular guests. We're joined by Tony again. Hello. And today we're uh, revisiting or continuing, I guess, our series, our um, game club series. And so we've selected another game um, that we've gone away and played um, independently Um, of each other and Tony's joining us this time because Tony actually kind of inspired us to pick up this game because Mm. she was already playing it we were like oh well that means that you can come on the game club episode and we can talk about it as a three I think it's going to work quite well because I think we've got three different levels of experience with the game Mm. Um, so we can talk about it from three different perspectives which is good yeah exactly definitely Uh, and that game is Hollow Knight uh, which is a game that is out as of just as of recording uh, yet literally yesterday at the time of recording um on all platforms um i think uh, it's out it's definitely out on pc um and we also we all played it on nintendo switch uh and it's a it's made by a company called team cherry is it is that right yeah that's what you said yeah and it's a it's basically a metroidvania right like that's the like if you're not familiar with that term i think we've talked about it before have we talked about metroidvania i don't think so honestly i I don't recall having discussed any metroidvania star games before if you're not sure what that is think of hence the name the old metroid or castlevania games right Um, and if you're not aware of what those are then it's essentially like a it'll be a 2d platform puzzler with kind of item-based combat involved yeah um, so absolutely. there'll be different power-ups and stuff like that that you use to either t- to take on different enemies or to get past certain obstacles which would b- block your path for some of the game right. and then once you break past those then more of the game unfolds to you it's sort of like a a linear game disguised as an open world right because you the whole map is kind of there but there are bits that you just can't get through because you don't have the double jump or a particular like skill or something like that so you just can't reach anything yeah that's right i guess it's worth like touching on a little bit on the the sort of the style right because i think that's one of its one of hollow knight's kind of most striking um aspects or at least that i certainly thought that it was is is kind Mm. of like it's set kind of underground and you're kind of a bug like an insect and everything that you fight is kind of like a weird sort of insect but they're all kind of they're like they're not cartoon insects because the art style is a little bit kind of like creepy i guess it's kind like, of cutesy creepy caricature yeah it is i think what really adds to the creepiness as well is that the the visual style in terms of both the visuals in that it's very um it's quite dark and it's very monotonic um like there's no colors really or, very, or the colors are just sort of like a cast of color across a whole area and also the um the sound is very kind of like creepy and some of the vocals are really weird hmm. but yeah I, that was sort of i think 
from a first impressions point of view, you know, I've played, I've actually played about the same as you, Seth, I think I've played, I've played through the first couple of areas and and then a little bit further. Um, and yeah, that was definitely my, my strongest first impression. It was very striking when I first started playing it as well. Uh, it's obviously a very well polished game. That was one of the words that I've used in my notes. The, the art style has been chosen very specifically and they've definitely taken care in the creation of both of their their character sprites, but also the environments as well. Uh, the environments are crafted very deliberately. Um, they have got kind of clutter added to them, if that makes sense, to make them feel a little bit more kind of real and like lived in, but also now decaying, because that seems to be a theme for a lot of the game. And that all shows a really nice attention to detail Uh, it helps build the atmosphere and the environment that you are within which I I felt was really nice for me personally I didn't actually like the art style very much but that's more Mm. a personal choice like interesting I'm not a fan of that sort of like um kind of cutesy uh, that kind of cutesy creepy kind of art style the game is really pretty like that's certainly not what i'm saying at all uh, but like from a personal point of view the style is not really doesn't gel with me very much hmm. that's interesting it's sort of the same with me because i like it now but when i before i picked the game up i was initially a bit put off by how it was so cartoony like i mm. like a little bit more kind of 2.5d but mm. it kind of grew on me as i played it yeah it's quite flat isn't it like it's very yes. um there's not a lot of like, there's not a particularly huge amount of shading. Like there is some depth, but in general, it's quite, the style is quite sort of, yeah, I mean, just flat, I guess, essentially. Like you say, it's not very 2.5D. There's not sort of any, there's not particularly huge amounts of depth to the visuals, if that makes sense. Well, that's interesting because one of the other points that I put on here was one of the things that is frustrating for me with the game in terms of its visuals is the environment in my opinion a little bit too busy sometimes Mm. and i found that where they have got that kind of like um depth of field effect where they've got something sort of in front of your character and then behind your character uh, uh, on the plane they are on i find it gets a little bit difficult to kind of distinguish between clutter and interactable things um, I found a couple of times like, is that a door or is that just a wall or is that something that I can attack? Like a, I think that you could attack like, like blocks or something that drop money, um, or is that again just sort of something in the foreground that isn't actually interactable in the slightest? Yeah, um, I think I know what you mean there because there were a couple of times where um, I was walking through the an area that was, I suppose, quite busy, and then I just walked into an enemy because, like, one of the little buggy things near the start, you just kind of walk into them because mm. it's you don't realise it's there because you're too busy looking at everything else. But I kind yes. of felt like after a while, you got used to that. Like you kind of got, mm. it's almost like you had to focus your eyes in a different way to sort of get used mm. to it. But I know what you mean. It reminds me of point and click games where you like, don't yeah. know if something is actually meant to be interacted with or not. And it doesn't necessarily have that sort of, they haven't quite got the like brightness of interactable things, right? Like they don't sort of like sparkle. No. Um, it's it's an interesting, like, so it's an interesting point. It's a very kind of minor visual point, but it has quite a big impact. I've definitely had the same. And I think that Tony's right. Like you get, you get used to it the more you play and it sort of flows better, but there's an initial kind of like hurdle to get over there almost thanks to the art style. Yeah, some areas mm. are better than others mm. in that regard. Some are just really busy, but um, some are a little bit more 
sparse so you can tell that there are enemies and things to break yeah for focus on like for me i when i moved into the like the lush green environment Mm. i really liked the change of pace and the color of it because it was nice to see something other than basically just black and white yeah but then at the same time that was really really prominent there because there was just kind of leaves and kind of bushes everywhere and again it just sort of gets in the way visually a little bit too much for me something that um i think is also worth talking about um to sort of get everyone's opinions is the uh some of the uh like side mechanics like the main mechanic is obviously you're exploring this area you're sort of collecting um kind of core power-ups and skills um whether that's like a dash or a or a double jump or whatever it is and then but then there's also kind of supplemental collectibles because there's a a sort of currency um, from when you kill enemies uh, and sort of like the rocks you mentioned that kind of drop uh, money. Is it Geos? Is that right? I think that's what they called it in the yeah, game. Geos. Yeah, And you can use those and exchange them for items at the sort of, there's a couple of vendors around the maps. There's sort of a bunch of kind of sundry items, which I think, and Tony can help me here because she's played a little bit more than me, I think are sort of like bits of quest, like like sort of like random items that don't seem to serve any purpose, but are later going to be useful, like a mysterious egg and stuff like that. Like, I don't really, I'm like, what is this item that I can buy? I have no idea what it does and it doesn't do anything in my inventory. That's actually sort of one of my criticisms with the game is, I mean, obviously the geo mechanic is just lifted from Dark Souls because if you die, you have to go back and retrieve whatever you dropped in the form of your shade. I didn't realise that. So, um, oh, have you never died? I didn't play enough and then ever got, I never died in that sense. So I, I don't You're want to sound really too like, good. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, like... no, I just didn't play enough to get chance to die. <laughs> well, that sounds really like hashtag humble brag, you know, <laughs> I'm just too good to die. I didn't work out the death mechanics. <laughs> no, well, basically a shade is where you died and you have to kill it to get your geo back and if you die again you've lost it it's exactly like dark souls really um but i one of my criticisms with that is that that is all fine but there just didn't feel like there was enough to spend your geo on i can't even think exactly what you could spend it on yeah you have a lot right like like i saw on your screen you have just absolutely loads by the end of the game and there's just nothing to like you've you've well and truly overspent because one of the things that i like that you can spend it on is the like um are they called charms which are like things that you have a limited number of slots for and they in some way boost or alter your character. Like you do more damage with something or you take less knockback or like you're the geo that you, you don't have to pick up the geo because it will like magnetize towards you and stuff like that. Um, And they're sort of the vendors for those are scattered around. The question I have for you, Tony, I quite like that mechanic. I like that sort of like, feels like you can personalize your, your player a little bit even though it's kind of primarily a platformer that sort of adds a bit of a customizable rpg element to it and you can sort of make it your own but my question to you tony i'm guessing that you've i've only collected like three of these and there are quite a lot by the looks of the inventory are there any that particularly end up becoming like essential ones or did you find that chopping and changing them was good for different boss fights and stuff like that or 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 how does it work once you get sort of later on in the game Um, Well, obviously there's quite a few. I've managed to get them all um, and a few of them you have to upgrade by literally dumping a load of geo onto some NPC. So that's kind of where I spent it, all the geo in the end. 
yeah, you, you kind of, you have your, your favorites, obviously. I always used one called quick focus, which meant that you healed twice as fast, which is really useful for bosses, but you would, some would be more useful than others in certain situations. Like, um, I don't know, I don't know how spoilery I want to be if, if you're going to continue playing it really, but <laughs> there's basically a thing you do that benefits greatly from some of the charms where you kind of get little minions, like there's, without being too in depth you can just have loads of these little things running around with you attacking things and that just completely changes it because you can just dodge to your heart's content as it as they kill everything mm. quite slowly but it's it's quite cute and then you or you can just go full out offensive make your character deal double damage and mm. and things like that are there any charms that make the game harder did they did the developers use those to sort of give you like more reward or not even necessarily more reward but just like you take more damage or anything like that no it was all buffs but um they do actually i think maybe this is something they've added in dlc um with some new charms but the the charms synergize in certain ways so if you equip two charms it has another effect but it's not that clear i didn't really delve into it too much but it's not that clear what those are but some charms just work really well with each other. Like there's this one that means when you take damage, you gain soul, which is great really for really hard boss fights. And then you can also equip one that means you you get more soul in general. So that that's quite good. Mm. Okay. See, I, I didn't get to that point in the game where I experienced that. So it's interesting to hear. Um, and I like the idea of it because unlike a lot of like the Metroidvania style games where your abilities are basically predetermined by how far you are in the game and you can't alter that and you certainly can't quote downgrade once you get an ability it feels like this gives you more of a choice of how you want to kind of play your character Mm. so i know you didn't go into too much detail with it tony but with like the little minion things that help you that almost changes sort of like the gameplay aspect of things it kind of changes the main strategy of how you can approach problems which i think is quite good I, i like the idea of having that more personalized ability to approach fights primarily i imagine but also i imagine some platform puzzles too yeah, and something as well I've noticed from watching Tony play is that, like, Seth, you and I are around at the same point, and, and the game isn't too difficult by that point. But based on some of the late game stuff that, I'm, that I've seen, the difficulty really ramps up, mm. right? Yeah, um, the general running around, killing things, and progressing through an area stays fairly the same difficulty. Like, I wouldn't call it hard. I, I wouldn't call it, it's not like a Souls game in hard in difficulty. But it's definitely not really, really easy. So you are kept on your toes in some sense. But some of the later bosses are just like pull your hair out really difficult. But not, well, maybe not pull your hair out because I basically, you want to keep playing it. Like you're not just like, right, I'm just going to not play this anymore because this is just rubbish. But it's it's like I'm like, oh no, one one more go. And every time I, I fight a boss that I can't beat, I can actually physically see myself getting better at that boss but there was this there was this one boss that I think I played for two hours one night and I still hadn't beaten it and then I got up the next day and another hour and then I finally beat it and I actually kind of screamed (laughs) (laughs) because it was so hard it's ridiculous but it's so satisfying when you do do it and that's what I've always thought about the Souls games is you're it's really rewarding when you finally beat something. One of the things for me as well that goes with that is the game 
because you used the word already, it feels good. But I mean, the, the game feels good. It has good game feel, if that makes sense. Uh, like the mechanics all feel very rewarding and, and well-tuned. You have good weight, but not too sluggish either. Um, things kind of have a bit of heft to them, which I like a lot. Yeah, I think it takes some getting used to, and I'm still on the learning curve for the knockback when you attack things. <laughs> like That's my literal next point. <laughs> yeah, like... There's a charm for that. Yeah, I, I that. have it. I have the I have the the knockback charm re- reducer, and I was like, I want that that one. I'm going to keep that forever. My my next point below good game feel is irritating knockback on your attacks, <laughs> even when grounded, is what yes. I've written, and it, it's so irritating because you constantly have to reposition yourself, especially if you're on like a ledge or something. I find myself trying to attack upwards more often than not, so that gravity doesn't yes. you know is my ally rather than or straight down as well, right? Yeah. Because you bounce and like that's that works well with the knockback. I guess they they have the knockback as a general feature to allow you to do sort of like um, downward strikes and bounce off things. Like there's a couple of puzzles like early on that you have to kind of attack the ground, the spiked Mm. ground to get across, which is a great idea. But then when you're trying to fight enemies just on a traditional horizontal plane, it's really frustrating. You can attack the spiked ground to move across the the spikes yeah there was like a you know those little collectible worm thingies i'm Um, such a noob (laughs) (laughs) there was one that you had to like bounce across basically kind of like uh scrooge mcduck style in in ducktales yes Uh, or um shovel knight yeah like shovel knight exactly uh and you just strike the ground several times and you kind of hop along yeah it was definitely ducktales that did it first wasn't it yes ancient i tried playing that once the remaster is really good but that's really not this episode uh, we could do a game club on the remaster of ducktales oh that's actually not a bad idea but so as a whole the game feels really great to play there's just a couple of sort of like uh niggles for me that that frustrated me but i did like how it has for me the game is more metroid than vania uh in fact to the same to some extent the first area is basically the first area of super metroid like almost to the same map design uh, with like a long down shaft and several kind of like areas coming off of it. Some of them are hidden and stuff like that. But it has a really great sense of unfolding. I thought it was really nice. Like it adds the next mechanic at a right, the right speed and the right pace. So you never get overwhelmed with new things to try and learn before you've mastered all your previous ones, uh, which I liked a lot. I think that that was a good game design. Yeah, I also noticed as well that almost initially or it almost gives the illusion that it isn't a metroidvania in that it's actually quite seamless the way that it gives you new things and Mm. bits and pieces and bits unfold it's like it is obvious if you know like if you know that that's the style of game but otherwise it feels like you're just kind of exploring and then you find something and then you're like oh i can like that's cool i've got another thing and then you do a little bit more exploring and you find a new area and Mm. you can and you know it's just like like the level design isn't perfect it doesn't guide you perfectly but then that's kind of the idea of a metroidvania right is that you've kind of got to remember where you need to go back to so it's not super even though it's linear and it's kind of like it does i think i don't know if this is maybe just early game and again tony can kind of correct me but i feel like it falls into that metroidvania trap a little bit of um like there's only one other place you can go like, it's like you do an area, you manage to eventually comb the whole area, you get the new thing, and then 
there's like one new area you can go to and you need to remember where that is. Yeah. And it does a good job of not making that super obvious. Mm. I think like, it's not like immediately clear that that's what the game is doing. Yeah. But then when you know that that's what it's doing, it's like, oh, it's just doing the classic Metroidvania. Yeah. Like, it's not like two areas have opened up. It's like the, an area has opened up. I that feel you can like go you to. went into this not knowing or having ever played or experienced, say, Super Metroid. That wouldn't be obvious at all um, because they do a good job of hiding the railroading because it is exactly mm-hmm. what it is. But like you say, because people have experience with it because it's such now a saturated genre, there's so many Metroidvania-style games now that it becomes relatively obvious that that's what's happened. It's not a bad thing. I think it's just, I think it's the genre rather than the game itself. And I think the game does a good job of it, of handling it otherwise. Um, obviously, I've actually completed the game. Ooh. So um, um, no, I'm That's not a humble brag. That's just a hashtag brag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, going back to the linearity, it's not, not actually that linear. It's, hmm. it's fairly linear, but there I kind of dipped in and out of a few areas before um, finding the one that you could actually progress through to the end because there were some that you were just like, okay, right, I'm not really meant to be here. Mm. There's an area called Deepness that has a lot of dark areas and you need a lantern Mm. and it's horrific. So I was just like, nope, 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 I'm just going to (laughs) not do this yet and get the lantern later. But there were some parts of Deepness you could explore. So it's not... Maybe it is, it's sort of linear in the sense of it actually wants you to fully complete this area next, but you can go into other ones mm. and find the little grubs, which, by the way, are really cute. I love them. <laughs> you need to do all the grubs because it's creepy at the end. When you've got all the grubs, it's really creepy. So do it because it's hilarious. Is it like the equivalent <laughs> of saving the animals in Super Metroid? I'm not played at that actually what happens with that oh, it, it's just like an optional side quest you can do if you want to but you don't need to do it but people are obsessed with either saving the animals or leaving the animals to die oh is that the gdq yeah like, that's reference. always like the biggest um like charity oh. run where like, people vote with their money of hope to save or kill the animals now i know that reference i um, never knew what that, that that was the reference yeah well i'm not sure but um <laughs> it definitely feeds into that idea that hollow knight is a little bit creepy Mm, like it's cute but then you're a bit like oh oh okay and it's gone creepy again (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) yeah um i mean like the first boss is just i mean i know both of you have done that one um it's just a maggot yes sort of a knight costume Costume they they did a good job of it and when it first opened with the like the brief opening cinematic of the game I felt it was like very kind of Geiger-like, very um, kind of alien design, if you know what I mean. Mm. You know what I mean? Especially yes. with sort of like that the egg thing. And then there was like a kind of this, the eyes of the bug and stuff like that. And then it turned cutesy, which was weird, but it was fine. <laughs> um, I wasn't expecting that. But I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, and that kind of goes back to what we were, what we were on about with the the design of the art as well uh, i think it's it's really nice but it's definitely not to my taste yeah i mean going back to the intro video i can't remember it at all now um, but that kind of sort of makes you think about the story and then i thought the story was quite good considering people don't really tell you anything about mm. anything it's really um it's really subtle mm. and obviously you as the main character just don't speak at all i mean you'll have to play it to the end but the ending's very you're like oh gosh okay like yeah. it's quite a good ending and um 
there are quite some quite good supporting characters. Like I like um, I like the idea of having a sort of anti-hero who's sort of you know Hornet, the sort of female. Well, I suppose she's female. I don't know, but um, kind of a boss, but she's sort of on your side as mm. well. She's not all bad, and yeah. that weird dude in the in the village that just that what's he like the bug elder that just stands there going oh can sit on the bench if you want i don't know it's a bit odd she's sort of like the zero to your mega man yes i think it's kind of like um it almost doesn't feel initially like it would be a game that has sort of interesting characters and an interesting story especially given the art style so it's sort of a a little bit initially deceptive i guess in that regards but i also really like i i think it is in some ways the art style as well and also the vocals right like the way that they talk is kind of like fun and cute it reminds me a lot of pyre which we've talked about on Mm. a soundbite episode like that like non-english kind of gibberish talking banjo kazooie yeah exactly but it's not even banjo kazooie is it because it kind of sounds like they're saying words it's a bit like well, yeah, a bit like Pyre. Um, there's a, there's a few other games that do that as well. It's almost more like Simlish um, yes, from The Sims. That's, that's probably a better analogy. And we've already used the um, the comparison for the gameplay, but I feel the game does a very Souls way of telling its story in that it's very much show, don't tell directly. At least that's how I picked up on it so far. Uh, like the, there isn't much exposition there doesn't seem to be much in the way of like a setup that like you just sort of thrown into things and you can explore the world and pick up with small details and kind of like make your own extrapolations from certain air certain things which i think is good because that doesn't then detract from the gameplay if that's what you're there for more than anything else but if you do want to get more engrossed in the world that they've created it's there for you if you want to yeah agreed and Whilst we're working our way through uh, gameplay, story, graphics, etc., I think the music is one of my favourite aspects of the of the sort of um, atmosphere. Mm. Like, I really, really enjoy the music um, in Hollow Knight, definitely. I don't know about anyone else. Well, I mean, Tony's definitely got the opinion on this one, having played it far more longer. Like, did you find it was, like, memorable? Uh, did it kind of continue its high quality throughout the game? Um- yeah, I liked it. I can't conjure up any of it in my mind, mm. which maybe, I mean, I liked it, but it's more atmosphere rather than, oh, that's a really good track. Yes. I like this music. Oh yeah, definitely. It's not, um, it's not a musical game. It's sort of like, I like the music in the same way that I like the Breath of the Wild music, but yeah. maybe a little bit more so because Breath of the Wild really is like, it's less music and more like some, some notes in yeah. the background. <laughs> the, the sound design is, is nice as well in that, the attacks feel kind of chunky, uh, if you know what I mean. Like, it has a good... It adds to the same thing I said earlier about the weight of the attacks and the moves. Mm. Um, it kind of gives that that sense of good impact. Um, and I imagine that carries on with the more powers as you get throughout the game as well with different sound effects, uh, which was which was good. Yeah, it's always quite satisfying when you beat an enemy and they kind of... It's that little squelch noise when they die and all the geo comes out. That's quite good. And they make a little... Yeah sound Mm, but going beyond the game itself i think one of the things i was most impressed with was the level of production value for the game and the price i paid for it so like there didn't feel seem to be much nintendo tax on it which was nice like it seems to be the same price across the board which is good and i feel it was 10 pounds like 10.99 i think on switch and i Mm. think that's pretty reasonable for a game 
as well produced and as uh, lengthy as this, uh, you know, for ten pounds, sometimes you, you expect nothing more than a couple of hours side distraction. But you, you're getting a full game out of this, and for a, for especially for a Switch title, that's quite impressive. Yeah, I thought it was really good value for money as well, considering sort of other games you might consider buying are like Shovel Knight, and they do say, oh, it comes with all the DLC, blah blah blah, but it's like twenty pounds, mm. and that's it's been out for ages, and it's like I've already bought it on 3DS. <laughs> like maybe if it was a tenner, then yeah. And then also Cave Story, which I really like, that's twenty pounds, and it's just like I think a lot of these could be ten pounds, considering how. Mm how much content there is in hollow Knight, and all the dlc is just completely free so mm. there's not even any sort of extra money they're hoping to get out of you yeah that's actually we we missed that when we were talking about it in, um, initially at the start but this was a originally a kickstarter um back in 2014 uh and they had reached a bunch of stretch goals not all their stretch goals but a bunch of stretch goals so some of the dlc is a direct result of reaching those stretch goals and actually they released more dlc even though they didn't reach the goals for it nice. so they really kind of like went all in with the content um and i agree as well i think that i don't know how many hours you've played it played it so far tony um and i know you're nearly sort of a hundred you're over a hundred percent in terms of completion percentage because of the dlc yeah, um, I don't know. I think it must be 20 hours or so. I'm not sure whether I looked. Mm. The game is definitely worth the money for it. And then yeah, some, 100%. Yes. Like, as Tony Agreed. was saying, if you asked me to pay £20 for this, that wouldn't surprise me. I don't mm. think I'd want to, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. But when they, you know, yeah. like, you asked me to pay £11 for it, that's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's that's fine. I, I'm okay yeah. with that. Uh, it's, you know. it's, a, it's a good point, actually. Like, we, we've touched on... Re- really we've touched on very few negatives here there's a couple of frustrations there's a couple of bits that that i guess we personally might tune or change a little bit um but considering how much we're talking about how good the game looks how good the game feels how much content there is you know how smooth it is how much polish there is and then it's 10 pounds it's kind of like a it's it's almost a no brainer purchase mm. right if you have a switch particularly if you have a switch because although there are a lot of good titles for switch um you know relatively speaking there aren't as many as there are for pc or something yeah so it really makes it in my mind like it's not like a massively standout game for me particularly although i think tony maybe for you it probably is but even without that for me it feels like an essential purchase given mm. the price and the amount of game that you get out of it yeah, I think the developers can be congratulated on what they've created here and then proceed to handle the sales of it as well. I think they've done a great job. It's sort of akin to the same level as like Stardew Valley in the sense that there's so much game there and it's produced in such a fantastic way and yet the price point is still really reasonable. They've definitely kept that in mind the whole time when they probably could have gotten away with more if they'd have wanted to. And the sales reflected, it's sold over 1.2 million copies since yeah, it came out. <laughs> yeah, that, that tells you something where I'm assuming it's a fairly small studio. It's going to be like a couple of people, you know, no more than yeah. 10 I would have thought. Maybe I'm Especially wrong. Especially if it's know, a Kickstarter. Exactly. And it's already made like 1.3 million and now it's just been released on Xbox One as well. So that's going to increase its uh, its install base as well. And it's perfect titles for things like um, kind of Xbox Live gold games is that what it is yeah, uh, you yeah. know the playstation network free games and stuff like that you know you guarantee that this will be on a bundle at some point uh, and it'll always be on sale on steam every so often too so 
you guarantee that this is going to continue to be sold through many years to come, I imagine. So the install base will grow and grow and grow. And that's really good. I, I, I think the developers have done a really good job of that. I have some negatives, but it feels a bit shoehorny at this stage. Oh, no, no, go for it, definitely. <laughs> um, I was going to say that the um, some of the DLC is a little bit disappointing to me just based on what it is. I, I like the, there's a couple of DLC bits that add um, actual, well, I was going to say actual content. That sounds a bit sassy. <laughs> I more mean things to do. I don't know. Basically, what I'm alluding to is there's one DLC that I thought was going to be really good, but really it's just a glorified boss rush mode. Right. And one of these boss rushes is like 53 bosses. Mm. And I just can't, I can't be. It's I more padding than that. extra content, isn't yeah. it? I don't think I, I was going to, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to get the 406%, whatever it is. But <laughs> no, I don't think so. There was one, there's the Grim Troop, which I recommend. That was good. That's where you, you get one of your little minion charms. It's quite cute and it sort of grows up with each part of the quest you do. All right. So that, that one's good. Another part of the DLC is just sort of ingrained with the main game anyways. It's something to do with getting essence from dreams and things and it's all in the mm. areas you're in anyway so i didn't even notice it was dlc so that's quite good mm. but that godmaster one was just a bit it's probably really good if you're amazing at it and you really want to challenge yourself but there comes a time where i just can't do it anymore yeah part of me sort of is it's not a major point but it, I, I feel it's a little bit frustrating that if you are quite completionist to make something like that, like so obviously like padding. And there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with having that in a game if you want to put it in a game. Mm. But to make that part, it's like, imagine if that's like, it probably is, right? I don't know if this is on, I can't remember if it is on PS4, but let's assume it is. Like if that's part of the platinum trophy, right? Like, yeah. like getting that final, like ridiculous thing, you know, it's like when you've got like a get nine, 99,999,999 gold. Like it's just, yeah. you're just like, it's just no. padding to the sake of game length. Yeah. To get people playing for longer periods of time rather than actually adding something new and interesting to the game. And I don't even know if you put that in a game to make people play it for longer. I think you just put it in the game almost it's not laziness, but it's just like throwaway and yeah. it doesn't feel it's sort of when you've got, you know, when you can literally describe bits of DLC and be like, oh, this one's cool because this happens and this thing happens. Mm. And then to be like, oh, and there's another one, which is just a 56 long boss rush. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it reminds it me really quite a lot of uh, the Borderlands DLC they did for Borderlands 2. Like some of the DLC was absolutely phenomenal, but then other parts of it were just a glorified arena mode that they yeah. tried to sort of upsell as like a full on DLC package that was worth the money. And well, it wasn't. Now, I guess in this instance, it doesn't really matter because the Switch yes. version comes with everything included, if, if I remember you saying well, rightly. But all of the all of the versions, all the DLC is free. Oh, I don't I think, mean, you, I don't think you ever then. pay for it. It's like free add-ons, essentially. But it seems like they just made it for the sake of padding more than anything else. I don't know. It, maybe Maybe that's just... Maybe we're being a little too critical there. I don't know, but I, I get it was your a, point. Um, maybe it was a a stretch goal, a well well yeah, meaning stretch goal that's kind of like not really worked out. You know, it's like, oh, what other things can we have as a stretch goal? Yeah. Or what about a like arena, you know, DLC kind of thing? And they just kind of added it because they thought they needed to add more stuff, even if it wasn't bringing much to the table. Yeah, I think um, my problem was I did everything but 
the final DLC mm. and I was just thinking, oh, that's going to be really good. That's the, because they were sort of, it felt like they were hyping it a little bit when mm. I was reading about it. And it said, uh, I, I looked up how to get to it because I couldn't be bothered to use my brain. And it was just <laughs> like, oh, you will get into this new area, God home. And I was like, oh, new area. And it's like, <laughs> it's just the hub to go into these pantheons, which is what the boss rush yeah. levels are called. I get but yeah, it's, it's very good. It's just I was just a bit like this is too hard for me. Yeah, not to end on a end on a negative there or round off on a negative, but um, like we definitely have been very positive. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a kind of point. like a yeah, it's a small sort of niggle, I guess, by the sounds of it. Well, I wouldn't have played as long as I have if I didn't mm. like it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's been a successful game club. I feel uh, like yeah, we all enjoyed the game uh, within the amount of time that we've played. Uh, I'm definitely going to continue playing it. I'm going to uh, pick it up on the Switch every so often when I've got some free time. I, I, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. It's definitely been uh, one that's been worth my time. Yeah, and I think it's a, a very solid recommendation from all of us by the sounds of it um, as, a, as a thing to pick up. I really want a plushie of the little guy you play as. So cute. <laughs> that is so plushie worthy. But let us know if you pick up Hollow Knight as a result of our recommendation uh, and if we've mm. hit all the right nails on the head that you agree with and let us know or if you think that we've kind of missed the ball on it a little bit was that a little uh, pun on the on the fact that the weapon that you have is a is a nail it's not said, the but I'm going to say that it is <laughs> so we will run with that because it is a little nail uh, very true but either way, let us know what um, yeah. you think about the game uh, if you decide to pick it up. Uh, we'll probably post like maybe a little bit of gameplay footage or something or just something on the website because we got some for feedback from the previous kind of game clubs we've done where it's, it's hard to sort of imagine and see what we're talking about if they've not played it before. So right, we might yeah. do a little bit of description work on the website if you want to go there and have a look. Um, but yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed this. Um, we sort of... we've. F- it's only been a few episodes since our last game club. We had some positive um, feedback in general about it, so hoping to do a few more. So definitely also let us know if there are any other games that you'd like us to do in a game club. Sounds like maybe DuckTales Remastered is, uh, <laughs> yeah. is on the list. Um, but we've got a few others in our minds as well. Um, it's always good if it's maybe something that's been out for a while that we've not picked up or you know something that's a little bit cheaper because then it, it can be a little bit more throwaway um, if one of us doesn't like it. Um, mm. And and just in general, just for our for for the sake of our bank balances, you know, if you'd like to donate yeah. uh, two copies of a game for us to play, then uh, absolutely, then we'll, we'll we'll definitely play that and give you our unbiased opinion. Yeah, totally. It's not like we'll <laughs> be uh, indebted to you to say good things about the game if you love it. So yeah, you can email us with those free game codes by emailing show at octal.fm. or you can DM us them on Twitter. Um, we're at octal.fm on Twitter. Uh, or you can send us a Facebook message by finding us on Facebook with facebook.com forward slash Octal FM. Mm. Uh, and yeah, it's been a good episode. Thank you very much, Tony, for coming back on and being the expert in this discussion. Otherwise, I think we, we would have actually made some mistakes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> and the best thing about episodes with Tony on is that we just get a lot of outtakes, which is great. <laughs> That's no bad thing. They're always funny. Of you, not me. <laughs> um and yeah, in the meantime, I've been Gelada. I've been Sefran. And I've been me. And catch us again for another episode of Octal FM very soon. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> you have to actually end that like that. Don't it, cut that. Yeah, that, that's not going in the outtakes. That's just going in the fade up.
but yeah so you can get in touch with us um with those with those free game codes um by emailing <laughs> show at octal <laughs> I couldn't keep a straight face. I know. I've got to do it again. You did it so deadpan as well. You're like, give us the (laughs) free game codes by getting in contact with us. Okay, I've got to try and do that deadpan. You shill. I've been me. I don't know what I'm going to say. You use your handles and I'm like, Kaney. It it was good when you said, and I've been me. We'll cut that then. We'll just have to say that bit And then just cut into Gelada saying... Can I say it less... Weird. Sure. Yes. Anything to add, Tony? Um. Wow. Well, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> um, Astute. I have-